And away we go. I, I probably should stop and pull up Amazon Anonymous, shouldn't I? Oh, probably, yeah. All right, we are back with our Amazon Anonymous picks. And it sounds like some Amazon Anonymous music. So, we must mention... Welcome to the New Age, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, is that what this song is? Okay. Yes. Now it's going to be in my head all day. Um, somebody purchased a... Uh, somebody purchased... 12-inch personal comfort A6 bed... I gotta, I gotta go to that song now. Sleep Sorry. number bed, P6 Queen. This was a $1,399 purchase, which gives us $91 towards Craft Beer Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's awesome. And we should say that uh, just below that, just below that is someone else purchased the Olive Drab Army Issue Foam Sleeping Mat. 24 by 72 for $17.99. And somehow we have the hope that they're... That they're both working together it'd be <laughs> awesome uh, so someone purchased a bed and someone purchased a sleeping pad search an Amazon just to find the things to buy <laughs> what do you got anything good yeah um somebody purchased somebody purchased I gotta wait for the for the, for the refrain in the song hold on a second <laughs> Uh, do you really have to wait? Yes, I do. It's important. It's it's part of the process. It's coming soon. Got to bring it back down tonight, though. Never thought I'd see this thing being purchased, but somebody purchased a 3D printed neon element earrings from Amazon, and we got them. So this is... Uh, a earring that is of the the element neon in the Rutherford model. Oh, okay. You see, here's the picture. Oh, that's cool. Gotcha. So yeah, it's has two uh, orbitals of electrons mm-hmm. around the nucleus. Pretty fancy. Yeah, and it's uh, I find it interesting. Of course. Um, I have issues with the Rutherford model. <laughs> well, sure, but come on, it's an earring. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, the true, like, earrings would be, or true modeled earrings would be very, uh... It's, it's one of the... Here's the thing about the, the model itself, is that it's a, it's a very useful fiction. It, it's very helpful in getting people to understand the basic concept of that is, but as you get deeper and deeper into it, you realize how... How much this misses the <clears throat> the what's actually going on in, in in favor of a a model that gives you a, a basic idea, right? Yes, but it's still cool. It's still very cool. I like the I like the look of it. So I do want to talk about one more thing since I picked the bed. I just want to point out: hey, you can buy beds on Amazon. And uh, use the Crafty Radio referral link. That's pretty sweet. Okay, but the Pioneer Cat Smart Cat Ultimate Scratching Post has 3,870 reviews and 71 answer questions with four and a half stars. Uh-huh. So this must be a hell of a scratching post. The, it's, uh, it's, it's for smart cats. The top question. Any chance it'll stop cats from scratching my wallpaper off? 
presently protected by makeshift fortress of chairs and tables? The answer, it depends. <laughs> That's a good enough answer. Well, there's more, there's more. If the name of the cat starts with the first half of the alphabet and contains not... Okay, okay smartass, not funny. Um, no, not, not, not funny. It, it depends. He should have stopped there. That was his best, uh-huh. best answer. Um, let's see, a good review. After reading the reviews and losing all of my security posit... And then some from my last apartment due to cat's constant scratching of the woodwork, I decided to buy this item. I really had my doubts about about my luck with it as had his doubt, had doubts about his luck with it. Okay. Yes, okay. Hey, whatever. It's not that good. But three thousand eight hundred and seventy people reviewed a scratching post. Welcome to the new age. To the new Speaking age. of welcome to the new age, did you see my tweet today, my vine of the trophy plaque that Max got for his first Taekwondo no, tournament? No, I did not. Here, you gotta watch this. I, I did a vine video of it. Okay, so here, go ahead and hit play. This is like, he didn't like win. This is like a participation trophy. Uh-huh. And it's a plaque that is like 12 by 18 mirror, mirrors etched. And behind it is an LED light ring and a little microcontroller and a remote. So go on my Twitter and look at the vine of Max's trophy. And you can, it's not, it doesn't just cycle like in the video, right? You can pick the color, just like all that light Uh ring stuff, right? You can pick the color of the LEDs. So if you want a pink trophy, you can have a pink trophy. You want a blue trophy, you can have a blue trophy. Um, It it is interesting that we're living in uh, a time where that would have like been super expensive, but now you can get something like that at a dollar store. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is the, um, the wires were hooked up wrong. So here, look at... So when he hit the... Like, the remote has, like, red, green, and blue, and then a bunch of mixture colors, right? And the colors weren't working right. So here, look at this... Look at the circuit board where the wires are soldered. So you see red, green, and blue, and on the circuit board, there's stencils for R, G, and B. Yeah. And they're not soldered right. And I mean... The red and the blue are backwards, right? So I fixed it, and it's still wrong, it's wrong in a different way. So the wires, so the on, wires are the wrong. Color. The wires are the wrong color. So I need to like figure out which color is what because the way it's failing right now, I'm not positive. It could be a couple different options. So like I actually need to like it could be CMYK, right? I mean, who knows? No, no, no. I mean, it's red, <laughs> green, and blue, but the wires coming off the LED strip mm-hmm. got missoldered or in the LED strip, most likely. Let me see that again. Well, right now, the red, so that was the way it came. The red was on the blue, and the blue was on the red. All right, well, one goes to ground, and the other one goes to... No, no, black's ground. Right. And then red, green, and blue. But look at the red. Look mm-hmm. at the stencil beside the red wire. Right. It says B. Right. So it should be blue. If that red wire goes to the red light. Right. So I switched the red and the blue... And now... But I'm saying you could test it by just... Sure, I'd have to light the stuff up, sure. You take out the ground, you take out all these wires, you but put it to it, a it nice came wrong. see what happens. It came wrong. I matched the wires to the stencils, and it's still wrong. But wrong in a different way. 
can't trust anyone to do. Oh, this. <laughs> you don't have to listen to this, but this is a. Uh, this is a yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all chimpanzee sticking a frog on his dick. Why are we putting crazy tail on? You love this. It's gone through my favorite videos, and it happens, happens to be on the list. Okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's uh... so. Um, I mentioned this, but in the pre-show. Okay. Misses in the pre-show. I'm not sure, like, or before the pre-show, but I'm not sure you heard what I said because I expected more comments from you. Is that so? There's a meme that kind of hit me in the face for the first time, like, like, like four times this week, and I've like never noticed it before today. And that was the like a boss meme, okay. which is from Lonely Island. Yes. And I looked it up. Know your meme. Well, technically, it's from a song that the Lonely Island was parody. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a song. I forget what, what the song was called. So knowyourmeme.com is wrong then. They attribute it back to the Lonely Island. Well, they made it meme-worthy. Well, sure, but, but I want to know where the Like a Boss came from. <laughs> Good time to like, have some dead air. <laughs> Thanks, little John. I've seen the Lonely Island. Oh, you're pulling up the other one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> All right. So, what's this called? Slim Thug Like a Boss. Okay. Yeah, you gotta update Know Your Meme because they don't know about this video. Says so like a bounce and stuff like that mm-hmm. because it comes from this. He doesn't say like a boss enough. Well, wait till you get to the to the. But he should know what was going to make this a hit. It's like a boss. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that on Know Your Meme. Either I didn't read on far enough, or they don't have all the info. Yeah, so it hit me a couple places, and um. From Know Your Meme, the parody stems from Lily Island's single Like a Boss, a parody of the Slim Thug song oh. of the same name. Oh, okay. The very first sentence, I, you didn't oh. read far enough. Or I skimmed past the first sentence, look for the meat, and... Okay, I see, they made it we meme more. I figured they would spend more information, more time... Because, like, the article goes into detail about the skit from The Lonely well, Island. Well, the skit is where all the... The memes come from. The memes are are based on the... I mean, the, they never would have happened... I mean, you didn't hear that song. That yes, song but, there, but there was four words on it, and I would like to have more detail on on that song, the video. Unless it's down further, but... I think it deserves more than four words. Saying that it, the meme comes from parody of, of this song. And then talk about the parody for... Paragraphs and paragraphs. Well, the par- the parody is what took off, not the song. You you never heard of the song. 
Sure, I guess. I don't recall the Lonely Island one either. I'm sure you played it for me. I'm positive you played it for me, but I don't remember it. <laughs> um, what else do I have here on my list of, of various things? Anything you have? So I got some uh, new gloves today, and these are uh, have the capacitive. Here, try these on. They're so much better than my last capacitive gloves. These are the uh, North Face, and they call it, like, trademark E-tip. So, like, my last ones with... I had to actually, like, touch the capacitive thread on the inside of the glove uh-huh. and, like, push hard to make it work. Yeah. And this one... It you worked can, right away with my, with you my can, watch. You so. can just t- touch the end of the glove, even though my, my finger is, like, a quarter inch away, and it just works. It's It's a little thing, but, I mean, compared to, like early generation capacitive gloves mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like yeah, magic much better yeah this is like magic I remember hearing about in Korea way before they had capacitive gloves they used to take um, Slim Jims yeah Slim Jims and put them in <laughs> but still <laughs> get your screen yeah. all greasy it gets it's gonna get greasy anyway not as greasy as Slim Jims are gonna make it <laughs> Yeah, so I was really surprised at how far capacitive gloves came because, like, these don't even look like there's thread on them or anything. So, I don't know. Let's see. Oops, I didn't mean to, to cancel that song. It's a good song. I just closed all my browsers. <laughs> Oops. So that'll, uh. The damn command Q. Alright, so the tweet, the other tweet I made is that my on the sixteenth, my calendar, my my local calendar said it was it was National Boss Day, right. and I was like, did Donald, did Trump make my calendar? And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't write it. Uh, so I also tweeted. Here's it explains my tweet thing. Uh, we think we're special, but look around and see everything is special. So different from our expectations. What does that say about us? You know, I was thinking about Pluto. We look around and Pluto's way different. We look around. Every time we look at stuff, it's like there's all this way different stuff than we ever expected. Nothing is simple. Nothing is the, the simplistic stuff that we expect. So we, we see ourselves as these unique things, but everything around us is so unique and different. What does that say? Um, well, we are us, and we want to... For some reason, we've evolved to kind of put ourselves on a pedestal, right? It might just be the uh, survival instinct or something, but... It's, it's definitely uh, an instinct in, in our perceptions, right, to, mm-hmm. to magnify those things that are closest to us. Uh, I I think that part of <coughs> part of my perspective, part of what I try to do when I'm when I'm putting as much effort into it as I can is to look beyond that. Is to do what I can to as yeah, I still I still think Feynman has it said best when he said the easiest person to fool is yourself. It, the, the, or the, the first principle 
is you must not fool yourself, and you are the easiest person to fool. Okay. So you have to just you have to constantly be on guard, particularly when you're doing something where your analysis is going to be important. You have to constantly be on guard for am I taking all the possibilities into consideration? Am I thinking this through all the way? I think that in a way you'll know if you are or not because if you are, you'll get to a point where you can't explain yourself. Right. right? You'll, you'll get to a point where you won't be able to justify yourself. That's when you know, okay, I've I've reached sort of the limit, so I you know I can't self justify anymore. That means I'm, I'm I'm introspecting correctly. Okay, yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet today uh, from Scientific American: a new species of Galapagos turtle was discovered. Yes, I did see that too. Yeah. Like hiding in plain sight, they just realized that this one little clutch of turtles was genetically different from other turtles nearby it's interesting more in the discovery and and like like the questions we have in the thought to ask type perspective yeah right it's like oh like how many people looked at these turtles and said oh they're just galapagos turtles and then one person said yeah let's run some blood you know let's run some genomics on these guys i mean the interesting thing is that even so I was trying to explain evolution to somebody who, who understands it, but he was, but he he got into it. He said, "You know, I I understand. I believe in evolution totally," but he was having a hard time, sort of conceptualizing it fully. Uh, and his example was the, the 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 moth example, the one where you turn the birch trees turn dark and then the dark moth survive. As opposed to the the white moths. Okay, um, I'm not familiar with this one. Oh, this is a, this is an example that, that that's used widely in, in in teaching evolution. When they in during the industrial revolution, there's a okay. a moth in in England that is typically white and it lands on these birch trees, which are white. During this period of industrial revolution, those birch trees became black with soot, and occasionally when these moths you know, a, a tiny percentage of these moths, when they breed, are black as opposed to white. Mm-hmm. And for a period before they started to clean up, these black moths, the, the white moths were easy to pick out. Right. So the black moths started to thrive when right. otherwise they didn't. Right. And so his question was, I, I or at least the, the way I interpreted his question was, how, how does nature know? I think it's an excellent question. How does nature know to go black? And but my and and it is an excellent question. The answer is not so intuitive. The answer is nature doesn't. Right. Know. I mean, you just got to think. It's just trying. Well, it's not even trying. It's not even trying. It, right. it, it, Things happen. There are. It, it, it's complicated because as it turns out. Changing from black to white is the expression of one gene in this moth. Right. So it was very simple okay. for this to happen. And in fact, in most cases, moths remember ma- moths make a lot of baby moths. 
right? I mean, they're insects that make huge amounts of, mm-hmm. of babies that mostly don't survive. But if they made, let's say, a thousand baby moths in one litter, then you might see two or three that were black. Right. So the the implication then is that it was extraordinarily simple over this period of time for the black for that gene to be expressed differently. In a sense, it, I mean, you just kind of think about like what it mean, what mutation means, right? Right. I mean, mutation is kind of check me if I'm wrong here, but it, it almost seems like it's it's a part of life itself you know it's like inherent it's an it's a law of nature you know that and it's 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 a successful strategy it proves to be successful strategy for nature if you want to well the what what i took from it from from listening to him and trying to explain it to him is that there is a problem with the example which is the implication of the example when it's used without really fully explaining all the dynamics of what of, of what happened is that it implies that things like changing color ma- these things that seem to us to be massive changes are easy for for evolution to do mm-hmm. and they're not it, it just so happened that with this that particular species in this particular time period that it that there was a simple expression of one gene to change something to allow it to uh, to to allow a different population to adapt to uh, an extraordinarily similar circumstances without sure. the, without I, I, the species actually changing. At I, all. I think you could kind of an, an analogize that is you know people are probably familiar with albino deer, yeah, and they don't think albino deer is something that came about of a long evolutionary process. Right. It's it's a gene expression thing, and you could. So hopefully that is more intuitive than a moth changing from black to right. white, right? And then from there, you could propose, you know, the environment suddenly changed. ice age hits, yeah, and the albino deer thrive because they're camouflaged better, and suddenly those are the genes that are expressed going into the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a. I, I just think that not enough people are probably familiar with. What, a black, I believe it's called the, the peppered spot moth or the spotted pepper okay. moth or something like that. You can but you, I mean, you could imagine where you could easily fall into the assumption that it was a longer process, that the grayer moths outcompeted the less grayer moths, mm-hmm. and then they eventually became a black moth. That's where I would have gone without you telling me about the gene expression thing. Yeah. And then as soon as you said that, I started thinking about, like, hey, what else does that work? And that's where, like, oh, you know, for me, albino deer, right? They happen, you know, probably one in 200 or something like that. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It's not an evolutionary right. thing. It's a... Well, it is evolution, but evolution, the, the, interesting, <clears throat> the important thing about evolution... But a brown deer to a white yeah, deer isn't evolution. Is we, we often think about evolution on, uh, on an individual by individual scale, but evolution doesn't happen to individuals. Individuals are done when they're created essentially uh when when they're produced i should say uh evolution happens to populations so a population will will gain a certain aspect as opposed to you know an individual will gain aspects all the time individual gets a mutation right but a population expresses that right successful mutations have to spread and uh so, okay, so the fact that there is a black moth 
isn't evolution. The fact that the black moths are thriving is an environmental thing, but the outcome is down the generations that black moths are outcompeting the white moths because they're more camouflaged. That's the evolution part. Yes. That's the natural selection part, really, what that is. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Hmm, what else? I mean, we have, we're going to have this whole show tomorrow, so I don't want to... I spent most of the week... Uh, we're setting up a new circuit at work so we could do uh, 10 gig to Google for our product that works with Google. And um, the provider that's giving us this link, we're like one of the first customers... We're not even a customer, we're like a partner. We're like one of the first people setting mm-hmm. this up. So like we brought it up earlier in the week, and I'm like not getting the performance that I wanted. So I... I I learned a lot about TCP packet flows this week. A lot of uh, learned a couple of really cool new tools, and you know, right at the end of the week, I fixed one of the issues. So now I'm more certain the bottleneck's not on my side of the link, but actually on the provider's side of the link. You know, so some of the fun geeky stuff. It was an interesting week. A lot of learning about high performance throughput and whatnot. It is fun when you get those chance to just, you know, sort of geek out on something. I mean, that, that's why I was trying to, you know, I want you to give me questions to the, to the science stuff because I want to get to a point where I don't know the answer or I haven't thought about that. That's a good question. And I can come back and say, okay, here's the answer. I mean, the, the, the more the most recent examples when you ask me about what happens when uh, something goes through, you sure. know, when a photon goes yeah. through. But uh, another example that, that goes back. I'm still not satisfied with your answer, by the way. Okay. Um, what what are right, what part of the answer are you, are you not satisfied with? Uh, your answer is basically, uh, oh, there's complicated math and then this, you know. And all right, hold on a second. Let, let me pause. Let me go to the bathroom because I want to. I want to. I want to nip this in the bud as much as I can. All right. So maybe I forgot something, but I mean, what I here's my recollection of where we left off. Right, mm-hmm. is that. I wanted. I was asking about like kind of the a description of the physical phenomenon, and what I remember you saying was there's a bunch of very complicated math that backs up the trigonometry. Okay, and you know, so I, I was unsatisfied with with that. Right? Sure, sure, the math backs up the trigonometry. That it's also math, but you know, I was hoping that there was a more. Uh, a description of the physical phenomenon. Yeah, there, there is. Uh, I was trying to... Part of what I was trying to say was that it, the, the photon combines with another vibrational sure, sure. mode. Well, there's the yeah the, the, the quasi-particle or whatever. Right, yeah, the polariton in that case. Okay, so what you have to do is think about... Imagine a universe with nothing in it except for fields. Except, And let's just, for, for the sake of argument, let's imagine nothing in it but the electromagnetic field, so the, a field that photons exist in. Uh, if you can think of that with nothing, with no photons in it, then it's it's essentially flat. Uh, you're thinking of, I don't know, a, a 3D solid, but it's flat. There's no fluctuations in it whatsoever. And a photon is a certain type of fluctuation in it, such that it reaches, it fills up the potential of the field at a particular area. Now, I, th- I think that a good example of what this means is right behind you. 
those egg carton mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, the, the, these are the egg carton things that we use for uh, sound dampening. For sound dampening that your hard drive arrives in. Essentially, it's you know sort of a foam, but you have these dips and and troughs inside of it. So where those dips and troughs are exactly even is the field at its zero point. Where there is a dip is where there's a potential that needs to be filled. Where the potential is fully filled is where there's a spike. So those spikes are where the potential well is filled such that it w- and that will propagate along. Otherwise, it, it can't. If it gets to that point, if it gets to, uh, it, it, it if it doesn't get to the point of filling the potential, then it can't. It's not stable. It's what we call off shell. Those are virtual particles. Those are energy in the field <coughs> that isn't able to become stable. Okay. So think about this then. Think about a stable perturbation in the field that's moving along in a vacuum. So the only thing that exists is the electromagnetic field. So you have this sort of stable bump you can perceive, you can imagine in your head, this sort of stable bump that moves across. Now, when that stable bump is in the vacuum, that's an idealized situation. We can perfectly say, okay, this is how it works. Why isn't this system? When you start interacting with other energies, other things that are perturbing fields around it, you get into more complex dynamics. The nuts and bolts of what happens is that the photon, the field doesn't stay the same as it moves through this, all this other stuff. The field Mm -hmm. is um, coupled in various ways to the other stuff around it. So the photons that move through it, those stuff that are normally regular bumps that would just move through in a vacuum get distorted and affected by the other stuff that's around it. And the way we describe that other stuff is in the same way as a quanta. So there's these other, we can think of the matter around it as forming another very complex field with a lot of different interactions and the photon, as it moves through, as the electromagnetic field is moving through this object, it gains a kind of partner that shadows it as it's moving through. Mm-hmm. And that's the polariton. And that aspect of having that, that partner with it, that gives, that, that sort of is shading it, or it's almost like a bubble around the photon, that gives, that has mass, that has aspects that are reacting in different ways than, than simply the photon would. Okay, sure. So when I say it's complex, it's because you're getting into much more complex dynamics because you're not just talking about electromagnetic field and vacuum. You're talking about the dynamics of all of these other energies happening around it, all of these off-shell things occurring. Right. Okay. Maybe, maybe the answer is just complex math. But, you know, it's like when the photon hits at a steep angle, it bends more than when it, or steep, what's steep? When it hits, you know, at 80 degrees, it does not bend as much as when it hits at 20 degrees to the surface of the material. 
And that's kind of the phenomenon that I was asking about. Well, um, when you're talking about individual photons, that loses that explanation loses power. You're, that only comes in when you're talking about like masses and mass. When you're talking about like shining a light constantly, then you get to see a larger percentage of things. But it, yeah, I mean, if you shine it, if you shine one photon at that angle, mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen to it? A whole number of possible things sure. can happen okay. to it. When you shine, you know, if you keep shining a whole bunch, then statistically, what you're going to expect is that certain ones follow the uh, follow the path that makes sense based on uh based on how the interact based on how the interactions between the the electromagnetic field and the band gap of the material is occurring so what i mean by that is why is glass transparent because it's made of transparent stuff. Why is it made of? Why is uh, this glass transparent and um, ceramic not? And, when, and this coaster not transparent. What is it about this that is transparent that makes this not? Uh, I don't know. I forget. I'm so, sure I knew at one point, but I forget now. The idea here is that. Almost, we're we're only talking about specific types of light, right? I mean, to gamma rays, both of these are transparent, okay. right? To mm-hmm. to radio waves, both of these are transparent. Um, but to visual, to visible light, this coaster is not transparent, and this glass is. And what it amounts to is that there are the material that's inside this glass, for the most part is is structured in such a way so that as light of the energy of visible light goes through it is not able to get to the next to to the level the atoms in here are asking for elect- the electron to be pumped up to a certain level visible light can't do it in this crystal structure the glass is made of. It can in this amorphous solid that the coaster is made of. So light hits this, it is enough to create heat and, and cause stuff to happen here, and here the light just goes through because it simply, it's going through, the light is like a wave, and there's a band gap between the energy here, this is where the electron is on, on one area, and here's where it wants to be, but it can't get that high. And if it can't get that high, then it simply okay. will pass right through. Okay. If the band gap is really low, then it'll be able to not only get that high, but then also produce heat, produce a lot of dynamic movement. Okay. So inside here, the band gap, the gap between how you can excite the, uh, the atoms is too high for visible light to affect it. Inside here, it's so low that it's affected by everything. Okay. See if that makes any sense. Maybe. 
So you need a higher energy to get through the coaster, right? Because infrared won't go through it. Visible light won't go through it. Ultraviolet won't go through it. But radio will. Radio is lower energy. Radio is so low energy that it w- that that this band uh, gap, the normal band gap, is so low. It, this it, so so this band gap radio is so low energy it doesn't even get to that. Okay, right, right, but right. But visible light has enough high energy to totally hit that band gap and have you know more to spare. I see. But then why does gamma go through it? So gamma goes through it essentially because it is. What's the phenomenon? I mean, so I understand not enough yeah. and enough, but then there's way too much. Right. And why does way too much go through it? Uh, basically, because the gamma is moving so with so much energy that it punches through. Okay. It, it's it's <clears throat> as if uh, this is is barely an impedance at all. It's like a tissue right. paper. So in 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 theory, it, it's possible that some that some of the energy from the from the light will be. Uh, removed. Well, it's trans. I mean, translucent, right? I yeah, mean, it's basically translucent to the material. It's exactly right. So it, it will gain. This will fluoresce a bit, and then most of it will just shoot right through it because it's going with so much energy. I see. Okay. I mean, that's what happens in X-rays. Your your bones fluoresce when they're hit with X-rays. We can't see it, but you can if you have the right camera to look at that. Cool. Thumbs up. Any uh, any other questions? I don't think so. So the reason why I, I brought that up is because you know I think back to the skunking issue where I had a question. I didn't know what, what mm-hmm. it was, uh, and I looked into it and I, I delved into it. And I got the answer. Right. Um, when we talked to what was the guy from Budweiser, the the yeast guy. You mean the hops guy? The hops guy, yes. The Val. Val. Val, yeah. And Val he, Kilmer, he told <laughs> he told me about because I asked him about riboflavin. What happens with riboflavin that allows it to in because um, essentially skunking shouldn't happen with visible light. It should only happen with ultraviolet light. The reason why it happens with visible light has a lot to do with the interaction of visible light and riboflavin. And I asked him why, and he said riboflavin goes into a triplet state. I didn't know what that meant. Now I do. Now I understand what that means. Uh, and it's interesting. It, it, triplet, it has to do with... Remember that neon thing? Mm-hmm. So that is an example of the atom at a ground state. That is sort of how... The idealized version of, sure. of that atom. But those energy states that those charges are in can be flipped and can be moved around based on how much energy that something receives. And it can be quasi-stable in those arrangements. So you can get in, you can get some of these spins being sort of active in higher shell arrangements than they normally would be. Uh, and then, but because there is no, there's not a continuous black body spectrum because that's the whole Planck thing. It can't get rid of its energy until it has a way to 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 do that, and that need, means interaction with something else. So that's why the riboflavin part of it gets into triplet stage, and it needs some way to expend that energy. It doesn't have enough energy to just burst it out as photons. It has to do some interaction to get rid of that energy. And it ruins your beer. And it ruins your beer and the process. Bastards. 
But I mean, it's a it's a useful process for doing all types of catalyzations. Fucking riboflavin, <sighs> fucking B twelve, <laughs> and I guess that's about it, huh? All right, all right, cool. Thanks everyone for listening. So yeah, buy more beds on Amazon. <laughs> everyone buy a bed. I guess everyone sleeps. Everyone does sleep. Everyone sleeps. As far as I know. <laughs>